welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. Well, as they say, we're the Mario Brothers and plumbing is our game. Welcome to Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm David Wayne Young. And welcome to the podcast where we're going to talk about three awesome movies. I, I might be lying here a little bit. Uh, Mario from the 90s. Street Fighter, also the 90s, and then Mortal Kombat, if you can believe it, also from the 90s. Just a little bit of a correction there. Super Mario Brothers, because they are uh, in Super fact, Mario super. Brothers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They earned that title. Out of, out of curiosity here, have you watched any of these, uh, any of these films before? Uh, so I have definitely watched Mortal Kombat at least twice. I have never watched Street Fighter, and... With the Super Mario Brothers movie, I've never watched it through, but I've seen memifications of it. Yeah, I let's see. I when I was a kid, I watched Mario at least a couple of times for sure. So it's probably been like twenty years since I watched <laughs> this Mario film. Uh, Mortal Kombat was more recent, a couple of years ago, I think, uh, like twenty fifteen or so. Somebody, somebody, sure. somebody's around that. Somebody's around there. And then Street Fighter, I watched a small bit of it. After I watched a clip from the movie, which I will talk about which clip that was, and I realized the movie is actually terrible. The clip was awesome, and the movie is terrible, but we'll get to that. But let's start with Super Mario Brothers here. Sure. Yeah, and uh, I just want to start with, uh, no one wants to watch Jack Black sing a song that's way, uh, that's why it is, it's, it, this this movie's better. You want to watch uh, uh, Hoskins and Liguizamo be drunk for two hours. This this is why this movie is more superior to this thing, the the, the cartoon. You know, I haven't watched the cartoon, so I you can't haven't? speak to it. Oh man, it's honestly it's it's great. My uh, my niece and nephew uh, have watched it so many times, apparently, to the point where my uh, I believe it's my nephew will walk up to random strangers and will quote Bowser, and it's not necessarily uh, good things to quote Bowser. Like, oh no, you're going to die. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me, child. <laughs> Quoting a tyrannical monster from another dimension no. is just never, it's never a good idea. Um, no, it's not. I, yeah, so this is actually my only movie experience as far as the Super Mario Brothers franchise is concerned. Very familiar with the games. I grew up on Super Mario 64, and then, you know, I started, like, kind of retroactively getting familiar with the platformers you know, the 2D platformer games. And so, yeah, I, I'm actually very familiar with the franchise, but just never watched anything until today. And like I said, there were some memes of these guys because they look kind of ridiculous. They really do. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's about the amount of experience I had with it, I, that I knew that it existed and that it seemed kind of ridiculous to everyone who knew about it, so. Yeah, well, if you ever watch an interview with... uh Bob Hoskins, who played uh, Mario in this film, he would say that if he could get rid of one movie out of his filmography, it would be the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I said apparently him and John Guzamo would be just like drunk on set, like not that really, not necessarily like they would just would go home and they get drunk and then it just had to deal with all the 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 wacky characters that the directors are. Sure, there's a uh, multitude of like YouTube videos of like dissected uh, this film in particular, and like showed off like you know the uh, what happened with this you know this film like what what went wrong. 
Oh, sure. Just so many things. Plenty of so things, many things went, went wrong. wrong. Oh, plenty of things. Like just the amount of like the 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 reason why Nintendo did not want to trust anybody within their properties after this. Like this, like this is a movie why they don't trust people with their properties. Yeah. No, I can see that. When Illumination made the uh, Mario Brothers movie, apparently Nintendo had like full say so and everything going on in that film. So they had to prove everything, like final cut and everything. Yeah. And so there was, yeah, there was no uh, keeping them out of the set and not showing them a movie till the very, like the very end at all. There's none of that stuff. Yeah. But I'm sure Illumination probably also was the one begging to make it. So they would have done anything to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge franchise. So, and now they're being given like things like Zelda and a few other things like that. So it's like, you know, I guess we'll see that at some point. I'm hoping with Zelda, we'll at least get the excuse me princess, you know? No, don't say that. <laughs> no, um, we we need video game Link where he's, it's practically a harem anime and he's just, you know, saying non-words the entire time. Yeah, but have you thought about the idea of like, what if Link was in high school? No. Right? And um and a, and a guy had like blonde highlights instead. Not good. Nope. <laughs> We're not gonna do the whole live action Death Note thing with <laughs> Zelda. But anyway, now I was thinking about Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh yeah. Well, they did a similar formula, didn't they? Uh yeah. Pretty much. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Yeah, Super Mario and... Brothers movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whose music, by the way, was way better than it deserved to be. Yeah, I I can agree with that. It's one of the things that stayed. I think as a consistent like callback yeah. to what inspires the movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think there's another movie on this list that does that well as well. Yeah. But, yep. you know, Super Mario Brothers is arguably one of the more recognizable ones for the ubiquity that is Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I like where they like they they kind of pick and chose parts of Mario to put into this thing. Sure. And it's like if you took out the Mario stuff, this is a okay dystopian uh, society future type thing, alternate universe type thing. Yeah, you know, like, but because it's a Mario film, it's created on a totally different level than anything else. It really needs to be. Like, it, it should have just been a dystopian society with dinosaurs, and that would be fine. But because it's Mario, it's just, uh, it's just a little weird. Yeah, it doesn't level out quite. No, there's, there's a bit of cringe in every good idea that they came up with and there are some good ideas in here there there are yeah yeah uh you know i found it very interesting that they kind of retcon like you said this whole dinosaur thing and then also mushroom kingdom isn't this rural idyllic place it's this urban wasteland almost yeah it's it's chicago or no it was uh, brooklyn that's what it was They're yeah like, i haven't been to brooklyn in a while i guess it's supposed to be what it's like exactly <laughs> uh, it's what dinosaurs did to brooklyn basically yeah 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 you know the the, the mushroom king is actually like a fungus and there's just there's so much that they did to make it their own He's just like weird bulbous fungus. Like, can, can we just say that the, the practical effects in this are kind of fun? They're actually, yeah, they're actually pretty good in a lot of instances. I, I will say that. Um, there's like a little bit of animation in there that I kind of enjoyed. Like I said, there's things in this movie that I, I do legitimately enjoy. So I don't want to have this like be like a huge downer kind of podcast. Like, you know, everyone, everyone knows what this movie is. Right. Yeah. We're aware. And again, like I said, there's been a lot, there's been dissertations about this film. So I definitely get my notes on the more positive side of things. Yeah, you can find out most of the bad stuff yourself. 
Watch oh, it. Yeah, uh, please yeah, do. Exactly. Yes, watch it. Yeah, please, uh, please do it. Honestly, you know, it's not it's not the worst watch in the world. It's not deathbed. You know, near the beginning of the movie here, right, we have a guy who uh, threatens Daisy with being disappeared, and she then, like, a few minutes later, takes a ride with two strangers. Yeah. We have, a pl- like, two plumbers who, like, you know, one of them who is clearly, like, ogling you the whole time. <laughs> the best that I can come up with in that instance is that you know, they're trying to say something about, like, her instincts. I mean, and that's literally the best thing I can come up with. If yeah. you were to glean any meaningful anything from that moment, it would just be maybe she knows who her enemies are. You know what I mean? Like, she can tell that these guys aren't malicious. I guess so, yeah. And that's that's generous. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> now, now, you bring up her instincts. I will say, though, that she was totally wrong about the meteor site being in New York because everyone knows it's in the Gulf of Mexico. So she's basically just wasting Scapelli's time. And he, and listen, the, the man has workers and work to do. He has to pay, he has to pay these people, you know? And she's just in the way, you know, it, it's, it's upsetting. I understand why Scapelli is so upset. I would agree with you, except I think she found it in the third act. So yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're... We'll, we'll <laughs> dial back on the the factual assumptions. Yeah. Um, we we did what we wanted with this movie, apparently. Apparently, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like I said, these these two directors, their uh, husband and wife. Oh, okay. I did, actually didn't read that up at all. And like they just, you know, they they had their own idea, and that's just that's what they decided to do. And they decided that, uh, yeah, um, a meteor hit in New York, and uh, it caused the dinosaurs to go to another dimension. Cool. Which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what you expect of a 90s movie that is based off of a video game franchise. Yeah. It's even got the classic acid trip portals that it goes through. <laughs> oh, man. That's what... I was trying to remember what the computer animation that was in there was. You know, what, mm-hmm. what CGI elements were actually in there. And now I remember. It was the yeah. portals. Twice, actually, I think. Yeah. There's a, was a, there's a couple of things in there that's like... Some of the effects that they tried to do, and this is you know ninety four I believe or ninety yeah, ninety four okay and you know just keep that in mind with computer computer animation is not quite there yet. We had just gotten we just got Matt we just mastered uh, Jurassic Park right you know we had just done that um, and so seeing them like you know there's a part in there like later in the movie where like they dissolve like basically like almost in game style yeah pixel by pixel. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's impressive for the time period. You know, that was, you know, it doesn't look good, but it's impressive. It certainly looked better than the portals, though, I will say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The portals or the fake fire, like, those things, you expect it to look bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But, I mean, you know, what they did for the set design was commendable, you know? Sure, yeah. There's there's some stuff in there, like, you know, that's that's not, that's not bad. That's kind of cool, that's... Some of these, actually, most of these movies have really strange, like, strangely good set design in a lot of places. Yeah, I think set design was the biggest labor of love in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I will say that the other thing I noticed that it, this movie kind of has over the other two is a willingness to, like, really explore the main character's relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's kind of not touched upon in the latter two movies, and for different reasons, one of them it works out well. The other, it's like 
very noticeable and hard to dismiss. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this one, they tried. They wanted to make something out of these people interacting with each other. And I think to an extent they did. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, like Luigi saying, yo, Mario raised me because, you know, we didn't have a mom and dad. And it kind of shows uh, later when they're like working yeah. together to plumb the crevice that is uh, filled with dinosaur bones. Yeah. Well, so they, they feel they feel like they're. Um, they could be brothers or best friends. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it actually, actually feels like that. It's not just it's more organic, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have one of the best scenes of the whole movie when they're uh they get captured and they have to give their name and they say, uh, "I'm Mario, Mario," and they go, "Oh, or are you Luigi, Luigi?" He's like, "No, Luigi, Mario. We're brothers." It's perfect. It's great. Like now, Mario has a last name, which is Mario. Now, finally, after all this time, he has a last name. All this time, we, we've always wondered, yeah. I always thought it was bros. It's Mario Bros, <laughs> that's his name. I shouldn't laugh at that, but... <laughs> oh, man. Now, we got we to talk, talk about uh, the, the big Koopa in the room here, uh, which is uh, Dennis Hopper. Oh, man, yeah. Chewing the scenery, as usual, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> he, he, he was having a time. He was having a time, all right. Yeah, he. I hope to God... That the house that he paid for probably with this this movie was worth it, <laughs> or the TV he bought, you know. Right. Yeah. Good. Good. Good for him. Yeah. I. I don't know. I was. I was just a bit disappointed that they didn't go all out with him in particular. You know, like there's so much you could have done visually and otherwise. Oh yeah. No. There was. It was. It was. Uh. That that part was very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna. I mean, they had a couple parts there where, like, you know, his eyes yeah. kind of like go uh, lizardy-ish, and, and his face gets lizard bumps and all that. But it's like, I mean, yeah. you know, you could have spent the first act looking human, and then the rest of the movie he could have, you know, like I said, gone all out. Like, yeah, I guess they'd have the the budget for it. You know, <laughs> they used they spent all their budget on the uh, police cars with the weird electric uh, hooks or whatever the heck's going on. Yeah, or the uh, the small headed. You know, they called them Goombas, but clearly they weren't. They were, you know, they were supposed yeah. to be Koopa. Yeah, I'm like, those aren't Goombas. Huh. You mean the wolfish mushroom-looking guys? I don't see them. I was like, did they ever change them back to, you know, regular? <laughs> or do they just keep them? Nope, happy ending. Happy ending, all right, gotcha. Just, yeah. just wanted to check, you know. I, I gotta say, though, like, like again, the, the, the scenes without Hoskins and the Guzamo are kind of miserable to watch. Yeah, they're mostly dreadful. They're, yeah. So the two lackeys yeah. in the beginning, Yeah, like there was some repartee that was like, it was watchable, but after they got smart, which arguable <laughs> yeah. because they still mess up like so quickly, but once they get smart, that fun element of like, okay, we know who the goofballs are is gone. Yeah. Right. Agreed. I totally agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They join Mario and Luigi's side and all this. And it's like, I don't know about that. Doesn't feel very good. No, it doesn't. No. Like they they were like, you know, they were kind of like, they're fun somewhat. I like how one of them was like gloating while the other one's about to be, about to be uh, evolved. They thought he's about to be de evolved, right? He's like, ah, oh, well, right, sorry. Yeah. That's what happens. Ah, ah, ah. And he doesn't get, you know, smarter. And it's like, the white wait wait wait, wait. Uh, why are you so afraid of becoming smarter? Yeah, <laughs> it's like come on, man. I mean, 
no one likes a nerd. Yeah. Right? No one likes no one likes a geekazoid. And now this guy's using synonyms for things. So Yeah, I know those um listening to their vocabulary that they were they were uh trying to use. It's like it's like they went to a thesaurus and it was like just like I'm gonna yep. like get I'm just gonna plug in some words. I was gonna say that exact thing. I have a note here, I'm gonna show it to you later. <laughs> but yes, I agree. Yeah. The, like I said, the the writing in this is uh fascinating. That is yeah, that's an accurate yeah. description. So I, I do appreciate the fact that they had uh, the club scene where they were singing, they are playing the song, uh, Walk the Dinosaur. Yeah. Everybody walked the yeah, dinosaur. I, I was like, I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> you just couldn't. I could have done without. <laughs> could have just, just like not done it. But, you know, uh, screw it. <laughs> we have a quota. We need exactly this many minutes. Yeah. What can we fill it with? Yeah. Well, it's like um, any movie that has, has to do with the jungle. You always have to do uh, Welcome to the Jungle, right? That's true. Yeah, you have to. It's literally yeah. in there. It's, it's contractually. As a, yeah, as yeah. a contract, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, out of curiosity there, so they they uh, Yoshi shows up in this movie, right? Or like what they call Yoshi. Was Yoshi going to eat that girl? Like, he seemed like he was about to, like, he was, like, trying to eat her. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? And you know what? She left, so maybe he ate her? No, she, I mean, she got, she, she got away. She got away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I I remember seeing that and thinking, oh great, she's gonna eat her. I mean, he's gonna eat her. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was for it, but yeah. I'm glad that the fact that like there's like the bomb scene in there where like everyone's like afraid of the bomb. Everyone, everyone's like running away from like it's a bomb, you know? Yeah. And it's like this little tiny explosion. <laughs> it's like that big of an explosion. It's like kind of like ah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, help comes in the strangest, <laughs> smallest packages, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Also, the fact that a mushroom can sprout bombs in the first place, I'm like, okay, Well, that was, right. uh, yeah, because the, the king was handing it to them through the fungus, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like, like, oh, so that's that's what you do, huh? Yeah. That's, you can do that? The, the way that they did the whole uh, the growth mushroom thing was like, he just pulls a mushroom off the fungus, and it gets a little bigger to protect to protect him from the de-evolution guns. Right. <laughs> like, wow, that's uh, yep. uh, you know, not not too up on my Mario lore here, but uh, <laughs> not sure that's right, guys. I think we moved far outside of yeah. that. That as soon as someone started describing the dimensions that are caused by the meteor coming, like literally <laughs> in the first five seconds of the film, we're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we're done with Mario. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the movie definitely starts you off like, no, no, guys, this is not going to be what you think it's going to be. <laughs> this is a different direction. Yeah, they want you <laughs> to know this is very different. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have I don't have too many notes on this 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 uh, this bad boy here. Uh, do Do you have a uh, Do you have some more stuff to go through? No, I think we touched on the important stuff. Like you said, you know, set design was one of the eye catchers of this thing, and. Ultimately, like they did pretty well with some practical effects that I wouldn't have expected in a movie that I thought was going to be about the Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. The other visual effects, well, they were of the time. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we've touched on everything I meant to touch on. Oh, I missed the, the part where they turned Scapelli into a monkey. Oh, yes. Yeah, beautiful. And, and again, I have to ask the question, does he get re-evolved back into a human or is he just a monkey forever? It's Scapelli. Scapelli. We, 
we're, like we're meant to like, nah, we don't want yeah. him back. I guess he's just a piece of crap. Yeah. But um, I, I was I was very happy, though, to see if this movie had a uh, a sequel bait ending. Like They actually had the gall to think, yeah, this movie is so good, they're going to give us another one. That or they just thought that it was, regardless of it being good or not, that it was just like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Yeah, like oh well, Mario makes us so much money anyway. Let's make a sequel. Uh, dumb kids eat cereal. They'll watch the movie. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. All right. Do you want to give your so? Do you want to give your uh, final thoughts then? Yeah, I think my final thoughts are that the people who made this movie were aware already what it was going to be, and because of that, I think they didn't have to take it too seriously. And in fact, it it is the least taken seriously of all three movies in this in this run right um and i think that works to its benefit as something that people can enjoy watching but not more than once so for me i would probably give it a five jamies five jamies yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty close to you on this one um you know as i said earlier as a mario movie this thing is terrible but as dystopian alternate universe cyberpunk-esque film yeah it's not bad, not not great, but you know, not too bad, I guess. Um, so four point five out of ten, Jamie's. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. With that, I think we move on to. Um, is it Street Fighter next? Yes, next up is uh, Street Fighter. Oh boy, <laughs> he's not excited. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say right ahead of time, I did know that there were some stars in this cast, but I had never seen the movie, so I think my hopes were a little high. Um, not high, high, you know, it is a video game movie from the nineties, but they, they were high enough to be dash. And where they dash pretty fast as soon as, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme started talking. Yes. Yep. It was, okay. yeah, it was a poor reaction. Out of curiosity, um, how many lines of his did you understand? Cause I couldn't understand a word that man said in this entire movie. To be fair, I understood him pretty well. I just didn't, it, I, it felt jarring. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but I did understand how I think I think I hear a lot of characters that have that like thick French, you know, like that's just something I come across a lot when I'm watching something. So maybe I did all right because of that. And I think that most audiences probably didn't get to enjoy that. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like he like mumbled uh, a lot more lines than, than I mumble lines. <laughs> <laughs> And it was still a commercial success. So, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Not enough for a sequel. The weird thing was with, with uh, Van Damme's character was that, like, I feel like I liked Bison more than I liked Van Damme's character, which I feel like should have been the other way around. Yeah. So, one of my biggest gripes in this movie in particular is piggybacking off of what you just said. It's that I didn't care about the characters. It was really hard for me, too. And, you know, like, the ones that had reasons for doing what they were doing or the ones that had like interesting dialogue yeah they weren't the people that you should be rooting for so it was ultimately a waste i think the, the in casting the the background uh narration or the not narration um background dialogue happening was the funny parts of the movie yeah like, there's a there's yep. a part in there I, I mostly wrote down uh you know, lines in the movie because it just kind of like it's kind of at that point. <laughs> yeah, but it was like uh, they're selling a cruise missile. Uh, they're selling a a truck that was used in the evacuation of Saigon. <laughs> and it's like things like that were being sold in the background. It's like what? <laughs> it's happening. 
<laughs> I know. So here's the thing about this movie. There's that tonal dissonance, right? Like they they this movie took itself very seriously. And then there would be very sudden moves away from that to joke with the audience or to nod at something. Like the arcade controllers. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. It was actually very poor. Yeah. One of, one of my uh, my favorite lines in the movie was uh, when they think that uh, Van Damme's character is dead. They go, this is great news, General. He says, on the contrary. I, I mourn. mourn. Yes. And the, and, the, and the way that the, the guy was just like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, at least I, there's like, there's one of the, one of the henchmen is actually the most understandable character in the entire movie. He's clearly there because he's getting paid a bunch. And that was yes, his entire thing. Yes, and he says he it. Does, yeah. He's like, wait, well, wait, wait. So if you knew that Bison was a bad guy, why are you on his side? He's like, well, he's paying me a fortune. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, that. all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really argue with money. Even in the face of world domination, which that was another bland thing. Like, even with Koopa in Super Mario Brothers, it's like, it's a very personal choice for him to do what he's doing because you know he feels slighted that mammals got the good end of the bargain and dinosaurs got nothing mm-hmm. so it's a much more personal way of going about that like villainous motivation whereas i feel like bison was just he was he was a bad guy <laughs> that's you know <laughs> you could have swapped him out for any 80s cartoon villain yeah and it would have been fine can, can we just like I I so start drawing Bison a bunch? Let's can we just can we just like applaud, uh, Raul uh, Julia for his uh, his incredible yes. work as Bison in this film. <laughs> yeah, his award winning work. I I agree. His his last his last role too. Uh, he was dying of cancer during making this movie. It's like oh my god, dude. Still, I think he had a stroke though, didn't the he? Stroke. Wherever it was, he was he was dying of something. And uh, he still he still made this movie. He still like put yeah so much into it. And I'm like, huh, that's that's a shame. It was for Street Fighter. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, you root for him more than you do Van Damme. So it's like, there you go. Yeah, it just proof is in the pudding, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I'll mention, at least in my opinion, was that we know that Super Mario Brothers was very much its own thing. And it owned it, right? Like, that was a choice that the that the directors made. But with Street Fighter, I feel that it neither was its own thing, nor was it very true to the source, right? Like, it just... I, I'm not sure. It kind sure. of fell flat. So, I'm not sure what the what the, uh, the lore of Street Fighter is. I just know that, you I'm know... I'm not even worried about the lore. I just... It didn't have the feel of a video game movie. Yeah. You know? I... I... Just because I got I just got I got to complete a point I had earlier, um, just really sure. fast here before I forget about this. So the clip that I watched was from this movie. Um, oh right. Maybe watch the movie for like five minutes and turn it off again. It was the the hardest line I've ever heard from a villain, where Bison says, "For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life, but for me, yep. it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. That's right." I love that line. Damn. Yeah. It's incredible. It's one of those times where the, the writing really shows up. <laughs> I agree with you there. Um, you know, like it's it's so weird that like there's parts of this movie that like have some kind of cool lines like that and it then it, everything else just is terrible. 
Like, did somebody come in, like, to, like, doctor the script up a little bit here? And they like, I don't, uh, whatever, a couple lines here and there. And then they're just like, this is good enough, guys. Here you go. You know what I find kind of strange about this movie, though? So, Bison, according to the, like, the map I'm looking at of his uh, his country or territory or whatever, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like a section, it's a small section of uh, Burma, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I got to say, considering how little the UN seems to care about Burma in the real world, it feels so unrealistic that a warlord in the same area would get so much attention from the AN. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would they care? They never cared anyways. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what the thought process behind that was other than because plot, right? I guess like, so, it's yeah. Just something to move it forward. They just, like, they, like, chose the part of the map. They're like, this is where his base is. Like, you, you could have chosen anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Like, I feel... Like, the whole thing, really, is a 1980s, like, I, I don't want to say crime-fighting, but, like, saving the world-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's just what it was. You know, your everyday heroes, very G.I. Joe. Like, that's yeah. what I was getting from it, so. You know what I, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I was not expecting, rather, was that this is going to be a Hulk origin story. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the Hulk, right? Like, he's it's just like Lou Ferrigno. Uh, the Lou Ferrigno version of the Hulk. It made me feel bad for the guy. Um, I lost. I also like how uh, uh, Ryu and Ken are just like non-characters in this film, but they have they like they like they they have like they have like, dialogue like their characters. Yeah, they they have like there's there's two characters in this movie, and they're like one-dimensional, the most one-dimensional characters possible, and it's like. You know, this guy here, he's gonna, he's gonna be the, the more the good guy than Ken's gonna be, and it's like this is, this is so bland. It hurts to watch. Yeah, it just felt very cheap and forced. For what did Ken say? Like, oh no, Ryu was like, I have found something worth fighting for, and Ken's like, I don't get it, and Ryu's like, I know. Yeah, and it was like, but that had no point because it they didn't... had no arc because they're one-dimensional exactly was, yeah exactly like you said yeah yep, i agree with you like i gotta ask the question uh why did they have to make the sumo versus the large bad guy fight into a godzilla scene <laughs> he's like they're, you they're, know like, destroyed the set and like, the, the godzilla sounds happening it's like what why <laughs> the only thing i can think of is they were like well we pay good money for all of this shit to be destroyed so you better do it which is why, of course, you had a bunch of explosions that were unnecessary. Like, yeah. everything just felt very over-the-top for no reason. It took itself about as seriously as the Power Rangers do, except they it wasn't a Power Rangers thing, and so it wasn't good. I'll say, I enjoy the Power Rangers, excuse me. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> the Power Rangers take themselves seriously. It's very much that kind of show, <laughs> but there's just something about its level of camp that still works. Yeah. And this did not work. No, it does not. I like when they're like driving, the, they're uh, sailing the ship down the little river and they're like, destroying all the little uh, radar stations and they're just like big explosions happening. And I'm like, what are they blowing up over there with a machine gun? Yeah. What are, what's in those things? What's in those, those radar stations? Here's a bit of a mini lesson in like scene structure for anyone listening. Scene structure, you definitely want things to push against what's happening in any character's point of view. So, like, if the heroes are, like, heading toward, you know, their goal, like, put up obstacles. Like, this is, you know, such a rudimentary thing. 
but they didn't do that in scenes like that. And so it's just this, like, oh, there are explosions. And so, like, there's no meaning behind it. There's no, like, payoff, right? Because there's so little resistance. Things just blow up. Yeah, apparently. I I do appreciate the fact that just being a video game, um, thinks of video games was how Bison has, like, boss, uh, boss phases. Yes. And it's like, yeah. you know, he, like, very very clear that like it kind of has like that sort of like weird level design style to it very true but that's again that so that i'm i'm reaching for things to applaud this movie for which is not a whole lot and uh, another movie that had the hubris to have sequel bait you know if you yeah. uh, watch after the credits there's uh his fist goes through the whatever it was like the class of the vent or whatever it's like there's actually a trend uh where that's concerned and we'll talk about it when the next movie comes Oh boy. Um I don't know, you, you have any more notes for this for this bad boy? Nope. Nope. Great. What what are your what are your follow up thoughts on it? Uh my follow up thoughts are it was the most disappointing of the three. I, I think it was also the blandest. It had no soul of its own, nor did it um borrow from the soul of the source that inspired it. So to me, a solid, you know, four no. 3.5 Jamie's, I think. Yeah. Um. My my closing note is literally just uh, not enough street fights happening in this movie. Two out of ten. True. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why is it that we only see the first fight like 50 minutes in? Yeah. Yeah. Unlike uh, the next movie, which actually has fights in it, which our next movie is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. That's right. I was asking you what, what's what's your what are your uh, what are your what's what's your background for the with this with the series? Well, the games even. You know, I think every time I went to go get wings at a local eatery, I would wind up playing some Mortal Kombat. Uh, so my childhood was full of it. But the other thing I'll say is that uh, yeah, I didn't know how much lore there was to it until I watched this movie twice in my teens. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't, and again, even at that point, I thought that this was made up. I thought they just like assigned a story to it. And so, you know, as an adult, uh, you know, maybe like two or three years ago, I was like reading up and I'm like, oh, wait, 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 hold on. So this stuff was like real, like this stuff was like yeah. an idea that they had when they made the game. So awesome. This was this was actually this is actually the the lore of the actual this game. Yes, <laughs> I can't believe it. This was just like the spark notes someone was given one day, and like, yeah, good enough, whatever. I, I heard the summary. We can just we can just make our own thing. Yeah, I I appreciate the fact that like, yeah we mentioned earlier about how there's things from these right here that are kind of consistent with the games. Right. And one of the the crazy ones that still gets me is the fact that the theme from this movie was not the theme to Mortal Kombat ever until this movie this movie here is what establishes the theme of world combat but it's like i think it's used like once or twice in the games you know i actually didn't realize that yeah no apparently this is this is where that that comes from yeah the ones i played must have been like newer made ones i mean hell it was this movie came out in 95 so it's not like i was old enough to play games but uh yeah yeah no that makes sense yeah now like like the because I get the announcer, you know, saying Mortal Kombat, but it's like you know, but now that the now the actual the actual music behind it, it's kind of nice the fact that like they kind of like took some stuff, they kind of borrowed from each other, and it's like that's that's kind of nice. And apparently, apparently the fans 
uh, appreciate the movie in in a capacity. It's not just like outright hatred for it, generally True. speaking. Yeah, you know? and you know, I think that's one of the things that it did itself a service by like being, uh, you know, it's still a little campy. Like it's not. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it it doesn't take itself seriously as much as uh, Street Fighter did, and I think that was to the benefit of people who are fans of the games, right? Like they mm-hmm. they were able to accept this as like an additional experience, not a definitive experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't like take away from the game's experience or like any of the anything for the game. So it's like this is this is its own kind of like world and it's you know it, it it's fun. You know, it's like it's a nice little fun thing. I, I gotta I gotta really applaud this movie for its practical effects that it uses in here. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like really cool things that they do. Uh it's very specifically with Goro. That's who right. Cost, so the so the budget for this movie was twenty million dollars, okay? Goro cost one million dollars out of that. Damn. And like the uh person operating the animatronic could only be in there for like a couple hours at a time because like they just couldn't breathe in there. It was just, you know, so so like, you know, it's claustrophobic almost, Dense you know, and huge, yeah. yeah. And it's it's cool, like they got as much as they could out of it. They couldn't get as much as they wanted to, which yeah, it's fine, you know. There's there's they had to do some creative cutting here and there around them, but you know, it's kind of, it's kind of impressive. I'm I'm honestly impressed by this. Uh, the director, uh, Paul Anderson, Paul W S Anderson. Um, this is like one of like, I, I think uh, I was talking to Tyler about this, and he's like he mentioned how. Paul W. S. Anderson made like made like two and a half good movies. Two and <laughs> this and is half. definitely one of them. <laughs> yeah, the That's other one fine. being uh, uh, Event Horizon. Oh, okay. Being number two. <laughs> it's by the way, if you haven't watched Event Horizon, you should uh, totally check that out. <laughs> I heard that you really like Deep Impact. Actually, I thought that was the one you liked the most. No, I I just have a lot of copies of it. <laughs> Whatever rumors, rumors spread, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, this one had a consistent vision. So, Mr. Anderson, you did a great job um, maintaining yeah, that uh-huh. consistent vision. And you know, I'll say something else: is this is the movie that of the three actually kept with the spirit of the game in numerous aspects, right? Like, so it wasn't just like, oh, did the lore fit? Like, because you know, every adaptation is gonna have. A little bit of a change to the lore every adaptation is going to change a few things visually or you know even like a character name like so many things can change but what this adaptation did is i mean it's a bunch of fights which is exactly what people yeah. want to see yeah it, it like it does it does like it's like it doesn't slow down there's the the pacing of this movie is like it's it is fight fight a little bit of talking fight 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 total bit of talking fight, fight fight you know yeah it's it's, it's, it's kind of nice the the stuff that isn't fighting is like pure video game melodrama like it's exactly what you would expect out of a video game from the era like it's not it's not gritty and realistic it's it's up there like there's just a bunch of like it, you know they're not bad hammy lines but they're hammy lines like oh, yeah. you know yeah. they they leaned into it and it worked they did yeah um this this movie like is it fair to say this is, this is kind of a Johnny Cage show in this movie? Like oh, he's yeah. kind of like he's he's not, he's not the central focus, but like every time he's on screen, 
he basically takes up the entire scene. Yeah, I I would say that you know if if they were doing this in terms of like a novel, you know he's a perspective character, whereas whereas Liu Kang is like literally the protagonist and the focal character. You know. Yeah. I, and I think that they did that to great effect. Like Johnny's meant to be one of the one of the people who is literally part of this huge machination to actually save the world, but he's it not is. the the prime focus. And I think that they did that well, um, despite the fact that he kind of steals the show when he's on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. He's a movie star, you know. He he knows how to how to steal a scene. But uh, whenever I play Mortal Kombat, my default character is always Johnny Cage uh, when he's available. And so that, I, I really love the fact that he's like, you know, on screen so much and does a lot of does a whole lot of things. He he uh, his fight with uh, um, he has the Goro fight. Right. Right. And he fights exactly the way that I think that Johnny Cage should fight, which is dirty. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's extremely dirty. I, and I love the aspect about him. Like he's not just like, you know. Not just a punch punch guy. It's like, which by the way, the biggest reason I, I play Johnny Cage is because he's a punch punch guy in the games. I don't do all the special moves type uh-huh. of stuff. Yeah, he's incredibly basic. You know, when I play like Skyrim, guess what? I'm I'm playing with Button swords mashing. and shield. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing the magic stuff. I'm just like, listen, I'm just give me give me kicks, give me punches. I'm good to go. I'm sure you probably have seen or at least uh, Tyler's seen. A few of us have seen. Uh, I love uh, Hercule. Mr. Satan from yes. the Dragon Ball uh, Budokai games. That's right. like my default character I'd go into. No, no magic, no, no fighting. That are uh, uh, big energy balls. It's just punches and kicks. Very simple. I love it. Ultimately, like this movie really respected the characters. Um, you know, to to a certain extent, I think that they remembered traits about these characters and carried them over. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, even just calling out like you know each person's greatest fear was like it was really interesting to me because you know that's something that i think you know street fighter really lacked was this like attention to personal detail you know like yeah. we we knew who sonia blade was we knew who johnny cage was we knew who Liu kang was because of those like attentions to detail because of those like personal call outs and the the weird situations that each person got themselves in to get to the the climax of the movie. Yeah. And, you know, there weren't a lot. There weren't a lot. Like, there were even a few times where it's like, you know, Johnny Cage is, like, having this emotional moment with Sonya, and you're like, did you really build up to this? No. No, it really <laughs> no. didn't. Like, there wasn't no. a whole lot to it. But, you know, I, I think it's still executed well comparatively and in a way where... You know, if you're just putting on a movie, this is not one that's going to offend you or bore you. Like, it's just going to be there and you're going to enjoy it. You know, it's like it's a little jarring sometimes, like when the fights kind of just like happen. Um, One of the one of the weird ones was like was Cage versus Scorpion. Yep. Uh, where I was like, say so that. He's like he's like he's like in a weird uh, foresty area and then he's in hell Um, and then Scorpion explodes uh, Johnny Cage leaves the his autograph behind. I I couldn't make heads or tails of the autograph thing. I was like, so wait, did Scorpion was Scorpion actually a fan? Like, I was trying yeah. so hard to figure so that's, out uh, how that autograph showed up. 
that that's one of the uh things of the game is like he'll like leave his autograph is like one of his fatalities so like leave his autograph on the body oh okay it's a callback i was like yeah i yeah, was yeah. i was too into the story i was like wait so <laughs> who had this autograph where did it come from yeah i was i was reading too far into it i think um i just realized i missed one of my notes on things that they borrow uh, from each other which is that uh kano uh used to be half i think it was like half japanese half american in the games until this movie where he became Australian and then the rest of the games forward, he's Australian. That's crazy. And there's like, wait, 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 no, this is great. You should be Australian. <laughs> you work so well. That's insane. But, yeah. Um, now I I will say like there's like only like one one like real character that kind of had kind of had the uh the, the shit into the stick stick, I guess, which is um the Sonya Blade uh character. Yeah, I agree. Um so Bridget Bridget Wilson, who plays her, uh, was a last minute replacement for Cameron Diaz, and you know Diaz had like all this time, all these months to build up and uh, to learn the fight choreography and all this stuff, and then uh, she Wilson had to come on set like right after she just she just shot Billy Madison and had to go to this movie. <laughs> it's like you know I'll I'll forgive I'll forgive her for that. That's that no that no, that's her fault at all. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, this is this was just dropped in her lap. And I I had to applaud her professionalism for being able to do what she could do, what she did do in this movie, at least. You know. Yeah, when I was thinking about, you know, all the moments that were paid attention to, you know, like for example, me calling Johnny Cage kind of a perspective character in this setup. You know, one of the things that I did feel fell by the wayside, and now I know the reason, thanks to you, is. Because uh, you know Sonia didn't get the same treatment, and now I realize that's that's a byproduct of um, you know logistics and other issues, which makes mm-hmm. sense. It, that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, again, I felt that they did a great job of writing for the characters in a way that felt relatable. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, they're like they're they're cartoon characters, but like you you can actually root for them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I guess like the other like weak one would be uh, I didn't like uh, Shang Zun very much um, as a character. It's kind of like I was kind of like ah, he's to me it was like he wasn't that strong of a villain. Yeah, he's evil for evil's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate the fact that the guy like just went like went all in on the character though. You know, yeah. Like, when he says like your soul is mine, it's incredible. Like that's that's like, oh yeah, his voice is bone chilling. <laughs> oh yeah. It's good, but it's like, I'm like, ah, I wish that his writing was just a little better, though. I was like, ah, just, it's so close. Yeah, I think that that just adds to the camp, you know, the camp value of this movie. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you can't have a, a a grounded, relatable conflict between hero and villain, why not have an over-the-top villain? <laughs> yeah, why not, right? I mean, it works. I mean, it again, the, the best part of Street Fighter was Bison. Sure, yeah, uh, exactly. And, you know? Sometimes, sometimes the like cartoon characters can can really, can really work. You know, there's an incredible full film that I always point to. If you ever want to watch a live action cartoon, watch this movie called Johnny Dangerously. It's uh, Michael Keaton in it, and yeah. um, it's like the whole movie is just a Looney. It's like a Looney Tunes episode, but with like gangsters. Oh, it's, okay. It's incredible, and it, and it works. And it works so well. Like, I, I, you see, you can have, you can have cartoon characters, like in live action, work like this you know yeah and like i said for me it, it works pretty well um 
there's uh, one thing I do want to uh, also really point out here, which was the uh, reptile uh, fight, which is like the most respect that the character's gotten, I think, ever. True. Uh, I like the fact that whenever he becomes like, you know, the more humanoid uh, version that the narrator somehow, somehow a narrator shows up <laughs> and goes, reptile. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> why is there <laughs> reptile or whatever? It's like, why? Yeah, it, it seemed a little odd. Um, I, the other thing I will say about reptile is that was the biggest use of 90s era CGI throughout the movie yeah. and um, you know I preferred when he was invisible I'll say it now <laughs> yeah yeah. you can understand why uh, him being invisible was uh, such I'm sure such a relief to everybody it's like uh, just you know, to see him on screen not to deal with that yeah <laughs> you know? it was like watching the sarlacc mouth open up yeah unfortunately that, that's like you know if you watch you know, watch like uh, the Star Wars uh, prequels. Yeah, and there's a lot of things in there that's like very clearly early 2000 CG, and it's really unfortunate too. Cause it's like, oh man, this did not this, this does not age. But like, you know, they hadn't figured out how to really meld, I guess, practical with CGI yet. And you know, CGI is definitely a very very brand new thing still to these to this era. Right. So you know, you want to show off your effects, right? Yeah, except when they're overly smooth and detract from the realism of the... Yeah, yeah there's, there's no texture to anybody. Um, yeah, it's horrifying. I, I, I also got to call out the uh, the Indiana Jones uh, melting scene where they uh, where Shang Tsung just melts. <laughs> it's like, I mean, they did Indiana Jones. So I guess everyone's allowed to do some, some face melting and body melting whenever. They did what they could. Um, yeah, they did what they could, yeah. I I will say we would be remiss without mentioning that this movie also had sequel bait. Yes, it did. Uh, this was to bring up the fact that this movie has sequel bait, and the next movie has like I think it's like one or two actors came back for the sequel. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people I'm sure th- thought fondly of it and then remembered that they had something more important to do, and then the rest of yeah. them were like, you know. Okay, I, I guess I can come back. I I won't spoil uh, Annihilation too much, but um, the first five minutes of the movie uh, makes me hate the entire film now uh, because of certain things that happen in the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> so I just I just hate the rest of the movie. <laughs> All right, buddy, do you have uh, any more notes or do you just want to go to your final thoughts here on this guy? No, I'm good on notes. I, I'll go to my final thoughts, um, which are... I think I've said it already, but this movie is something that's truly entertaining. Like, you can put it on and not be bored or uh, cringe at it. Like, you know, it's just, it's something to put on. You know, no, it's not a masterpiece, but I think it is what it intended to be even now in the 2020s, right? Like, it's a campy, but, you know, it's still loved by fans rendition of a video game. It's a video game film and probably the, you know, the, the best one to, to come for many years, you know, before video game films became a thing again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I would, you know, I'm, I'm vacillating, right? Like seven would mean that I consider it good. 
And then 6.5 means to me that I do believe it's entertaining and above average. Would, would it help you out to, if I told you right now that my rating is a seven? Yeah, let's call it a seven. Let's flat seven. For me, it's it's is a it's a it's a flat. It's a it, it's solid. Whatever, I'll, I'll call it a solid seven. On my side here, I I will watch this movie again. Yeah, um, I like the other two. Where I might I might spend another twenty years between the next time I watch <laughs> Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> and I'm never gonna watch Street Fighter again. Um, <laughs> I'm of the same opinion. I'm with you on all of those. Uh, all of those estimations uh, in terms of rewatchability. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll sit on a seven Jamie's as well. Seven Jamie's. Okay. Okay. As I, I, I had the spurns the same note that my any knows yours, which is like, this is definitely the highlight of the uh, many terrible uh, video game adaptations. This was, this was like a, uh, a, a shining light in the darkness pretty much. Right. Yeah. It was showing that what was possible. Right. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, uh, if, David, are you interested in watching a 10 out of 10 movie? A 10 out of 10? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, please tell me which one. Uh, why, if you go to uh, Vimeo On Demand, there's a movie called uh, Personal History that was made by this incredible group of people called Illumination Cinema. Wait, wait, wait. I know them. I know them. I, I think I think so. Uh, and... Let me tell you something right now. I, it's a great movie. It's out of. It's available now. So you know Illumination Cinema, huh? Well, let me tell you something right now. They they make some great films, uh, like like uh, uh, Wish You Were Here, and other things like that. Left Hook, one of the first animated films ever made in Kansas, if not the first uh, feature length animation animated films. That's insane. It is insane. These guys are these guys are great. So you should go to uh, Vimeo on demand. Look up personal history. You'll enjoy it. Hell yeah! All right, guys. So that's all we have for tonight. Uh, we will uh, see you guys in the next podcast. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.